I always believe in big risks and big rewards. And that's what I do even today. And that's what I did 10 years back when I, you know, quit my job quickly and it, nothing's easy. Nothing's going to come to you. You have to go out and get it. And you have to go out and get it with all your might and all your energy. Entrepreneurship is 10 times more difficult than being an employee, but it tends, but it's also 10 times more fulfilling. This is episode two of Dream 100 Show with Mr. Bharat Sethi. Welcome to the Dream 100 Show listeners. I'm your host, Savita Hosamane. And I'm your co-host, Gunjan. Each week, we interview today's most successful and inspiring business owners with winning teams who had the courage to chase their dreams in spite of all the challenges. Join us as we bring you everything that goes on in the minds of successful business owners during decision-making process. And gain insights to make smarter decisions. In today's episode, we talk to Mr. Bharat, who is a serial entrepreneur with a vision to create a 500 crore annual recurring revenue company by 2025 in the FMCG space. He started his business journey at the age of 16 in the year 2006. He founded Poster Gully in the year 2012, India's first online market space, mainly for artists and designers to create, showcase and sell their work. Eventually, Poster Gully got acquired in the year 2016. He then founded iDecorema, an online B2B e-commerce market space, which was much ahead of its time and the market was not ready. He quickly changed gears and went ahead to build the next-gen FMCG company, Rage Coffee, after a lot of market research. Rage Coffee manufactures and sells different coffee products that is instantly consumable, affordable, and is convenient to carry in biodegradable tube shots. In this episode, we dive deep to unearth insights of challenging situations, defining and lighter moments of his brand building journey that truly stands the test of time. So let's get started now. Welcome to the Dream 100 show, Mr. Bharat Sethi. We are highly excited to meet you and have you on our show. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure. Would you tell us a bit about your childhood and how was it like growing up? What did you dream of becoming as a child? <laughs> too many tough questions too soon. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I honestly, um, my childhood uh, was pretty good. I'd say that I was a very, now, now I can think of it uh, like that and, you know, structure it like that. But at that time, you don't even realize, right, what, what's out there. But now I think uh, that it was uh, very disciplined, a lot of good parenting and, you know, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of action throughout the day. So, you know, I would uh, play a lot of sports. I would, I was very good in academics. And the only way I could actually go out and play sports was if I finished my homework before 4 p.m. or, you know, before the sun uh, went down, I had to finish my homework and be able to go out. That's only when my mom would allow me to do. You know, just this, I think a lot of uh, thrilling adventures as a child with the family, with, uh, with sports, with school. So a, a normal uh, childhood, so to speak. But I, as I grew, I realized that I had a lot of leadership skills. So, um, you know, I tried to make sure that I utilized them. So I would, you know, I became the head boy of my school, for example, I was the captain of my school football team. Um, you know, so, so I think, yeah, that was something that I realized very quickly in my life that I can, I can condense uh, information and analyze information better than other others. And I was more practical in my life and I could, uh, you know, lead a team and I could lead people to believe in me somehow or to believe in what I was doing. Okay. So that means you identified your leadership skills at a very young age. Did you know that you had the, the skills or it was just a part of your nature? It's hard to say what came earlier, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but I feel I was born like that because my mom tells me that I, she stopped 
teaching me when I was in the first grade because I would not listen to her and I would go out and ask other people because I considered her to not know that particular question. So I would do all and take all of those steps. But from my from what I understand is that it's only, you know, when I was 10, 11 is when I really started to acknowledge the fact that, uh, all right, you know, I can, I mean, you have to fight for what you want. There's mm-hmm. nothing, nothing's easy. Nothing's going to come to you. You have to go out and get it. And you have to go out and get it with all your might and all your energy. I don't, that's why for the longest time, I never believed in karma. I mean, not, I mean, I always believe in karma, but mm-hmm. not in luck, for example, not in destiny. I always believed that because what I went out for and if I went with all my might after it, I most often got it. If I didn't get it, then it meant that I was not trying too hard for it. In in my childhood, at least what I saw was that if I wanted something, I went ahead and get it. And many times I failed, obviously. And then I realized that I didn't do well enough in my trying, in my attempts. To put it in a term, it is called as being total in what you are doing. So you mean to say that when you put your totality, uh, 100% totality into it, you were able to achieve. And when you felt that you were not total in what you were doing, it didn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's true even today, very much true even today. You know, a lot of people believe that they there is a factor of uncertainty, which always is there. Uh, you cannot take away from that fact, but... I've seen that someone's life when they when they or when they do too many experiments over time and when they attempt at something or when they have too much going on, they start to rationalize their behavior by saying that you know this cannot be luck, got to be some something more logical. Because if you're doing one or two things, then you know you could say that okay, fifty percent probability. But if you're doing ten different things and you're trying to do you know a lot of different things at one point in time, so you realize that it's only those efforts which you really went after is what you really and which you really manifested yourself is, is are the outcomes that you got eventually. So I think, yeah, so it, it really depends from a person to person, but I mostly believe in this theory. So any particular dream you had as a child? Mm, I had many dreams. I don't know which way to start. My my football was my first love in life. So I, you know, for the longest time wanted to go and play football in some European club. Uh, that's what I had for the longest time. Then it was also, you know, become a scientist for some time uh, because I was fascinated with fascinated with physics. Some things which to an outsider it would feel like I'm trying too much. Like I would, uh, like you know, as I just mentioned, like football, right? And then mm-hmm. academics. And then I was doing too many things. I was also, I had this dream of going to the Derek O'Brien show and I tried like at least for four years and I, from sixth till 10th grade, I tried and uh, you know, I, I would always represent my school in these, uh, you know, zonal competitions, but never made it to the TV show. So those were things like to go for the spelling bee that happened. Then I wanted to do a lot of sports and just too many things. You know, that's that's what my life was. I was not I was not focused. I was like doing too, trying to do all everything that I could. So if we're not wrong, you were working at first. So what was it like being an employee? Oh my God! Wonderful question. <laughs> You've hit the nail on the head. You know, some people are brilliant employees. And uh, it's very important to go out and see that world for yourself. And I mean, I would never discount the importance of working in a team and working under good leadership, working under a good management, uh, working on great things as a team. There are some people who are not, you know, not cut out for being employees. I realized that again, very quickly, I was much better off failing for many years in my early, early days of my career, then being an employee somewhere where I had to go through this, the staircase, which was very slow for my taste um, and too bureaucratic at times or too corporate at times for me. So, you know, but, but I would never take it away that uh, it was also because I never, never got the care of some, a good leader, a good manager. And uh, you know, I have. I don't have much to say. And I would not make any judgments, and I would honestly want everyone to definitely not start up like right out of the college. Or the, those were some mistakes that I made there. Um, you know, some experience really helps. But honestly, like it's all it's all your DNA. 
if you have the dna of an entrepreneur of a business person or of an academician for example then an employee employability will not you know make you will keep you satisfied for long i always believe in big risks and big rewards and that's what i do even today and that's what i did 10 years back when i you know quit my job quickly and it, i had three jobs in one and a half years so it was like embarrassing also for everyone around me because what was i doing nobody could really understand why i was not happy with three different companies for example hmm. but i realized it i realized it so what was it that you realized that why you were not happy i had no problems working for someone to be honest it was never the problem the challenge was that it was very slow for my appetite for my aptitude hmm. i if i am somebody who's uh, you has the potential to to impact a particular outcome then i should be given the chance to do it and i don't believe in rules i have broken all rules that i could in my life so and when you are in a setup you have to live by the rules and do everything by the rules in retrospect rules are very important so i'm not saying that you know do go out and you know be stupid no that's not the point the point is that they and there was no guidance also there was lack of guidance at my end that you know what i should do so i just went with my gut and i did what i did to de-risk myself actually it was the best way to de-risk myself because if i ended up doing that for long it would be hard for me to get out of that system because you know i would go into that rut which everyone goes to so for me i was just de-risking myself essentially you started off on the path of entrepreneurship so what were the challenges you faced then now that you shifted from being an employee and you realized that you had certain capabilities and now you feel that yes now i have to go out uh, in the world what were the challenges at first you know i didn't realize the challenges were far and plenty at first it was a lot of fun because i had no big aspirations with my entrepreneurship journey i was just trying to you know do it as a side project to not be to just be able to make enough money that i was making in my job or just uh, have the freedom to do something on my own and uh, you know uh, have enough time for me myself you know because i was working really long hours and i had started something on the side so initially it was just just to feel good I, you know i don't know there were the many factors you know it was my it was the lack of leadership in my company or it was other things or it was lack of interesting work or not being treated as somebody important in the company initially it was fun initially it was a relief for the first couple of months and then it started to obviously hit but what happened with my journey was that i was also i de-risked myself by taking the plunge into entrepreneurship then by by building something on the side and i was working working late late nights for that so what happened was i was working on the side and uh, you know i essentially just moved when i when i got the best chance to do when i saw that this could be something so first couple of months were decent fun relief happy and then started to hit me that you know this is something important it's three or four employees by then i wanted to make sure that we were getting salary so all of the challenges of entrepreneurship really hit me only i think about 6 7 months later when we started to see some scale when we started to see that you know it's it's not going to be a one person company anymore we needed more people we needed more hands to scale we had expectations from customers and that's when i realized that entrepreneurship is 10 times more difficult than being an employee but it's also 10 times more fulfilling and that's the call that somebody has to take um it's not about the work it's not about you know uh, being heard or you know it's none of that in fact your uh, accountability goes up instantaneously because earlier you were just accountable for your work but here you are accountable for everyone's work you're accountable for vendor relationships customers and financial planning and you know and then on top of it you're also accountable to your family members uh, that also becomes an important part as you take up entrepreneurship because it's a risky risky proposition for everyone involved i was very young so it didn't matter much you know this aspect but the challenges started to come later on and then i think uh, there was a phase when it was very challenging and i realized that i needed some you know external guidance and mentorship and i started to go out and look for mentors and i started to talk to fellow founders so that was very helpful but overall i never thought of it as challenging it was just the path that i took i was committed to the path and entrepreneurship 
kept on becoming more and more challenging uh, but it kept on becoming more and more fun and fulfilling also so it's it's the it's the journey that one takes right yeah like from what i understand is uh, your uh, first venture this coaster delhi you it got acquired so what yes. was the feeling what is excitement or uh, was there uh, a feeling that because you said you already had uh, team members also so did they feel bad that you are letting go of them so what was that feeling actually you know uh, the feeling was mixed because we scaled really fast postgally you know all of this i was telling you was in 2012 you know four years after that was we scaled and scaled and scaled and we built a really uh, efficient and really important business because it grew 10 times year on year <laughs> it was a very fast growing company and this is like pre marketplaces in india pre amazon and this is the time when there was nobody in the market doing what we were doing and we really built a very cost efficient business which made money for everyone involved i think it was you know we were in that rapid growth phase for all of these years and then we raised some capital and then 2016 is when we're trying to raise more capital and we got this acquisition offer and it made sense to me at the time it was also a burnout phase for me i'd burnt out you know four years and i wanted to work on different things by the time and i wanted to do, do the foundation differently so i thought it's a great and it was a fantastic offer right it it made financial sense it made it made all you know all the check boxes were ticked but i never thought of it as letting down my team and i've also not thought of businesses as uh, assets they, i mean they're assets they they are not you know you cannot be very emotional with businesses because th- when you get out, outside investors to be a part of your business which is something that i've done you know since my first business it's important to understand the journey you have to take to give your investors returns and it's important to understand that you have to keep getting more investors so that your early investors and everybody all the stakeholders make money and it's your fiduciary responsibility as the promoter of the company to do it so it was not uh, it was not a bad feeling or it or it, it was not a great feeling also because i and did not know how it would end up eventually because the company was doing really well it could have been you know far bigger success and today i can say that there were many mistakes i made and as you know selling uh, postgali uh, or going going through that transaction was actually a mistake given the companies that were in our space doing the same kind of numbers are now much much bigger companies so but all in retrospect right what i what i'm building right now is has the potential to even go bigger but yeah that's all i can tell you yeah good ultimately like it is the growth which matters so yes. so at that point of time the growth mattered and it was a good decision at that time great then you jumped on to i decorema yeah yeah so that was a small stint of 2 uh, years it was it was a small stint and you know one of the one of the biggest uh, learnings that i had by then as an entrepreneur was to learn quickly from the market learn from the signals of the market what i learned building that company was uh, there was a lot of friction from the market like we tried all the possible attempts to crack the market you know by and we had a product and we wanted to go out and sell the product right um there was a lot of friction with all the stakeholders with with uh, the architects that you know that we were dealing with the interior designers there was friction from all corners and it was ahead of its time and the market wasn't ready to start paying for a product like that or a service like that and we we pivoted two or three times during that journey we did have some good traction but it wasn't fulfilling for me as a journey it felt like there we're going to meet too many you know roadblocks here and it wasn't prudent of uh, me or and it wasn't smart of me to continue in that space because the space was limiting overall and i did not find the space exciting in 15 months that i kind of worked on it and i quickly changed gear so yes it was a, a very short uh, stint but it taught me a lot a lot of failures a lot of failed experiments a lot of learnings with team management and people management and stuff like that because postgali was a fun ride postgali was always north going up 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 throughout four years it was only going north 
and um, this was something that was from day one it was going south <laughs> it was like a completely different journey and i did not take any break which was the biggest mistake i made because mm. i did not get any time to ponder upon the market and i did very little research before entering the market and you know i mean time teaches you and this is these are some of the learnings that i have because the macro is far more important for an entrepreneur than the micro micro is in your control but it doesn't doesn't it doesn't lead to the outcomes that you want the macro leads to the outcomes you want because there, you have only 12 15 hours in a day you can only you have only limited capital limited time um the macro has to point in a certain direction for you to get accelerated success with businesses and that's what i you know those were some of the learnings that i applied to rage so how did you get the idea for rage coffee and what is it all about so the idea with rage was um, i wanted to build this digitally native fmcg company so that was the big bold idea that i had which was that everything is moving online right everything like you can buy your electronics you can buy and this is 2017 so you can buy your electronics or uh, you know apparels and everything under the sun is now available online and customers were getting mature there was only one category which was very underpenetrated and which seemed to me like the biggest growth category given you know what you see in the us markets or in the china market in in more mature markets so to speak and this was the grocery category now grocery has like you know it's it is the biggest category overall within retail as well and what we wanted to kind of do was to create the next the next generation of fmcg companies because what we thought was that since everybody is moving online brand building and acquisition and brand influence will also move online eventually so there will be these large brands that will stay on your mobile will stay on your screens doesn't you know doesn't matter where you find them i mean you can also find them in your retail shops and you can also find them in airports and you can also find them in your next door neighborhood stores stores and you can also find them online but the brand building which is the brand creation will primarily happen online this was the big bold idea did a lot of number crunching and i felt like i could build a 500 crore top line company in 6 7 years if you know we really did well and if we put all of our you know if if we put all of our eggs in one basket and we really went all in we could build that you know that particular category out uh, and then we had to find this this category which was underpenetrated and which had all the potential of growth online so coffee fell at the right intersection of a personal passion first of all so it was something that i was passionate about but i did not want to make the same mistakes of passion right i wanted to go and research the market so i spent one entire year you know 2018 in just building the setup building the back end getting to build the most uh, differentiated product in this category we wanted to own this particular category and then build sub categories that we would own eventually and we wanted to build a international quality product so that we could also export through online mediums we could also set up our cross border e-commerce through this product and we had like big aspirations and we fulfilled most of them in fact had the idea which now is becoming very popular of having multiple warehouses in different countries and having a single uh, you know website you know depending on your ip it would route you to that particular uh, subdomain and then you can buy uh, these products and these products would just sit sit in these dark warehouses across the globe and some of the companies globally are now which are now multi million dollar companies are doing this right now and we also started to do this as we speak in you know we've gone to uk we've gone to europe we've done we've gone to usa amazon is um, kind of facilitating this a lot now but yeah those were those were the you know like the big bold ideas at the time and we started selling commercially in january of 2019 and since that day we've done fairly well so i understand that there was a lot of research which was done before you actually launched it so you um, traveled across europe is that right i actually yeah i have traveled to about 19 countries but that time that particular year i spent almost uh, about 3 months traveling in fact that entire year i was traveling within india outside of india um i took two trips to europe and i also visited a lot of farms in south india because we were trying to source and then when we were sourcing we you know wanted to make sure that we have the best product available and we 
continued to find the right vendors. Did a lot of trips around North India, but those were mostly train trips and those were mostly by road. But but yeah, I was on the go. I was on the road. I took about sixty-two flights that particular year. I remember. <laughs> so mm-hmm. fun fun fact, but it was crazy. When you were doing this research, you would go to cafes, uh, taste the coffee, and then uh, go back to the owner. And you, would you ask them like, where are they sourcing from? Was that the kind of research that you did? No, never done that. I knew, you know, what a great uh, cup of coffee tastes like. So I did not have to go a ca- ca- go to a cafe to know that. So most of our research was built around knowing your customer, knowing the market and the gap that we were building, which was that we, we launched flavors. We launched a turbocharged based coffee. We launched a health and wellness driven coffee. We launched the world's first PET biodegradable tube shots, which is a which is a packaging innovation. We basically completely uh, deconstructed the supply chain of how instant coffee is made, and we went to the source and we went to the ingredients, which nobody did. You know, which nobody even took the pain because it is a very complex category. First of all, to get into, it's governed by the actions of two large players and which own almost seventy five percent of the market. it is also the category which has the highest rewards because it is if you are able to actually break into this category you are looking at a sizable number and you are also able to influence people at home which is where we wanted to go build a large brand you have to go to people's homes you know large brands are not built uh, out out of home that's what we believe in and this was some of the insights that i had you know from my experience and from what i've seen my family businesses it was important for me to do this so most of my research was around the gaps of the market the supply chain the technicalities and the second part was around the consumer preferences what do the consumers want how much are they willing to pay what kind of a product will really what kind of a product would they be willing to pay a premium for you know a slight premium for for example um and just you know the taste preferences and their buying behaviors and all of those things okay so here i want to understand that there are a lot of coffee machines uh, very well known coffee machines uh, branded coffee machines so is uh, rage uh, coffee powder or coffee pods uh, compatible with those machines are uh, the global market also accepting it uh, with the same intensity with which uh, the indian market would have accepted it see the the thing is that we wanted to uncomplicate coffee our goal was to really make coffee simple we did not want to create a product that you know a mich- you know machine would need initially we wanted to build something that was affordable convenient and upgraded an average consumer that was our goal because we really believed in all of the research that we did we we came out with the fact that yes this is the most challenging and complex category but if you have to win in this space you have to first crack this category and then go on to build other categories which are roast and ground or cafes or whatever you want to do but you have to build the brand here first because you have to go to people's homes that's what we did the machine business that's not of prime importance for us right now we are in the fmcg space so that's what we've done yeah what was your first taste of success like with rage yes <laughs> the first uh, taste of success was uh, i mean from a point of view of the brand i mean it was just the idea just the fact that i ha- i was looking and skimming through so many of these ideas right and so many of these uh, different uh, possibilities the, just the fact that there is something out there which i know i can build and i i, I know i can scale was quite fantastic beyond that you know the entire year when you were when you were trying to figure out the product there were many many times that we were almost about to fail or rather almost about to give up because we would not get the you know the possible products or ingredients and the packaging and the, everything was a challenge every step where we went we were not we were trying to change the ecosystem right we were trying to change the habits of the manufacturers habits of the testing facilities and everything you know it was not just one thing there so many people so many different agencies and so many different vendors involved in building this one product and we had to find all of them so i think a lot of uh, the the first you know taste of success was before the launch after the launch it has it was you know we knew what we had to do we had to keep selling so that's what we did after uh, the product was launched 
and then the people started accepting the product uh, widely and after that you still had, did you have any challenges uh, like as you said there was some point where you felt like giving up but after the product launch uh, do you feel that most of the research was done and you had come out with the final product which was a ready to use uh, product or still there is some amount of research left no i mean there's only 1% of the work that you can do before the launch <laughs> a fundamentally differentiated product is just 1% of the work but it is the most important work because anything you do after that marketing and sales and distribution it's pointless if you don't have a great product so the first important thing was to launch a great product but that's only 1% of the work i mean our biggest challenges lie with the day to day uh, you know business that we do which is marketing and sales and distribution none of those challenges are going to undermine the success of the brand and the product that's what we know for sure so those are those are little experiments that keep going on those are and those some of them are big experiments which reap us big rewards and that's how i look at it so we continue to add distribution channels we continue to do some amazing marketing campaigns we have built a great team for example all of that have you know come with a lot of hustle and with a lot of lot of energy and i would say many many challenges none of those challenges are big compared to what we had to go through before the launch because there is a certain amount of uncertainty before launch and there is uncertainty after launch the uncertainty after launch is very different it is about pivoting it's about running out of money it's about uh, different things but the uncertainty uncertainty before launches nerve wracking it is something completely different because you a very valuable time in your life for me personally i would say that it was being spent on not knowing if i had something great with me so it was different but but yeah right now those challenges are different we have a system we have set up all of those, those things but but those none of those challenges are big enough right now to stop us So coming to the team what are um, few qualities that a winning team should have great teams work on a common objective a common goal so i think what a winning team looks like is they work on they work for the best outcome of the team and not for their individual outcomes that's the most important thing the moment any individual starts talking or thinking about themselves then you know the team work gets affected i had the displeasure of working with many many such individuals so i know very well how detrimental it can be to the success of the company and it's very 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 it's the most important thing you know you you talked about challenges like the most important thing that i take utmost care of is i spent anybody who's joins joins us in the middle to senior management i spent at least 6 to 7 calls it might sound funny to anyone but i do random calls at night in the morning i talk to them about it about their childhood and i don't know i talk to them about the uh, girlfriends and boyfriends and you know those are things it, it some to somebody it might be personal but i want to make sure that i have the best person in the team before the joining and once they join i i don't talk for months i can you know leave them completely alone doesn't matter what the outcome is for a long time i just want to give them a chance to be with in a high performance team i think with individuals it's very important that they are motivated self motivated they have the required skills and their attitude is positive in life and their attitude is positive and they want to work towards a common goal beyond that i think every everything a lot of things are skill dependent a lot of them are ownership dependent overall i feel uh great teams you know work on you know common objectives and they really each one of them knows their uh responsibilities really well how do you maintain the morale of the team i'm in a phase in my career where i don't work with low morale people i'll be very honest with you it might sound a little blunt but i've done that for 10 years i've been doing that i make it a point to work with only self motivated people now what i do for that is there has to be you know self motivation once there is self motivation then i then my job is to inspire people right that i do all the time to boost the morale of people you have to be communicative you have to keep giving them you know something to chew on you have to keep giving them great quality work and you have to also have to identify what they want 
you you know you have to really have very high eq as a leader to deal with such issues if there is low morale in the team or somebody is going through any challenge there is motivation right if the person or the individual is motivated then you can do anything self motivated mostly you can you can give them the direction you can do anything that you want you can do anything but but you know i am not a therapist so i cannot you know motivate people out of some other issues that they're going through or the other issues they have or they really you know i've seen people who want to be an entrepreneur who join join teams and they are building companies on the side for 2 3 years you know i and i'm like i quit my job in a couple of months after i started something and you should just own up and accept it if you are doing that some people are continuously searching for jobs once they join you know a job some people are continuously looking for if you know what you want first of all people should go and get to know what they want if they are if they're not sure then they should give give themselves some time that's what i feel um how has the whole covid situation affected the business well for us uh, you know it has been quite good you know we we were very well placed because of the online and offline integrations that we have so we were very well placed and we really thought of it as an opportunity when the when covid started right so when it started we looked at it as an opportunity to serve people because we realized that our biggest competition which was coffee shops was shut so we made sure that we did a lot of marketing campaigns we we had the narrative about cafe like coffee we had the narrative of you know an affordable cup of coffee going around and we really had the best products out there to beat the market and we did we grew five times last year from the previous year this year we might even grow even higher actually you know as we sitting on this month so i think yeah we we've looked at it as an opportunity rather than it as a challenge or i mean uh, sorry as a problem uh, obviously there were many challenges which we went through we had like you know two times we we've gone through complete changing of the teams because we moved into a new 10000 square foot office recently and we had to go through this entire change in the team because it's very far from where we were earlier so we have done all of that i don't know if you know uh, we look at the serious challenges because we've done you know i personally have done it so many times and i have people who've done it many times and i've been working with such people for a long time so that's what i feel like you know they they were challenging but it was otherwise if you look at it it was a very challenging time for business also it was very challenging and we tried to mitigate the risks of shutting down or closing by being really paranoid and it helped so was there any lowest point in your life uh, or in the business so far the lowest one which you hit oh man so <laughs> <laughs> many 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 uh, but the lowest one is a good question <laughs> um i think uh, the this was the time the this was the time just before the launch of rage coffee uh, this was a time when you know i had run out of my money i i i like my experiences in life and i came from this really good business that i built and exited and then for two years i continued to lose money and then rage coffee's idea and the entire year that i was working there were many low points throughout there but the lowest one was possibly when we when i was ran out of money and i had to when i was continuously you know closing my fixed fixed deposits and i was withdrawing money from my fds and there was this one last fd which was left yeah. uh, which i thought i should not withdraw money from and then tried to work around that particular thing and that particular situation but it wasn't working out so i think uh, but it eventually did work out but uh, th- those couple of days were very stressful but mostly i just i you know i never in this journey i questioned what i was doing but there was a time i really questioned of what was i doing with you know why was i taking so many risks and why was i too convinced about what i had and blah 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 so all of those things were there but we launched rage coffee and i think it has been a good ride since Really? That's great. Yeah. So, what's the best advice you've ever received? Many, many, many of them. I really cannot tell you one because there were so many of them. I've been very fortunate, very lucky that way of, you know, of attracting really good people, reaching out to some really good people, some mentors. Of you know, Rage Coffee would would not have been possible. You would not have known of Rage Coffee. and we would not be doing this if you know if it was not for some really interesting people who i met and who believed in me and these are people who are very senior people are very well they're aware of 
everything around them. They, they have very high deal flows, et cetera, et cetera, when it comes to investing. So I feel like I've been very fortunate. I really cannot pinpoint, but I, I possibly in the last uh, one or two years that I can tell you, maybe, I don't know, honestly, <laughs> so I, I get, I, I get too much advice now because I have so many people, uh, you know, involved in the business and the best advice would be if I have to say, you know, would be that somebody telling me ten years back when I was to 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 quit my job and be, become an entrepreneur, you know, like that's the best thing that I did. That's somebody would have definitely advised me. I don't know who, but somebody <laughs> would have definitely advised me to you know just go one day and write. I want to. I you know what I did. I actually went and wrote to my my manager. She was sitting in UK. She was in London. And um, I actually went to her and wrote, I would need a half day today and a half day, you know, to, to go somewhere. And then she said, no, then I just wrote that I am quitting then. Then, then, you know, I'm sure somebody would have told me that this was a good move. (laughs) I did it, but, but yeah, no, I don't know this, this advice from all corners and some of them is, on a daily basis, some of them is really good advice. So now, um, what advice would you give to someone who is starting a business or the youth in general? I don't know. Everyone has their journeys and I really feel like go with your flow, right? Just uh, go with your instinct. Uh, your instinct is your best guide. If you feel there is, to, especially to youth, especially to people who are starting out, don't get bogged down by you know what somebody else is doing. If you really want something and if your temperament and if your behavior and if your mind really wants it, go and get it. So do not, do not think because of what's happening around you or, you know, because it's fashionable or because, because it's a fad or because it's interesting or, you know, because a YouTuber tells you to do it, you go out and do it. You really need to figure out, like, you know, really need to spend time and figure out what you really want. The sooner you figure that out, the more successful you will be. If you look at all the successful people in the world, I've seen mostly those people started young. They started early and they did not wait till their thirties to get, you know, to, to really go into one particular, it could, it, it could be any field. It could be arts. It could be culture, sports, business, academics. It could be anything, but the most successful people I've seen in the last 10 years, people in my college who, you know, this, there are people who came in with the, with one single mission of becoming an IS officer. And they did people who came with one single mission of becoming an environmentalist. They did. I think in my outlook, if, you know, and I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So for me, I think there are no, there is only plan A. There is no plan B. If you have only one plan, then you will succeed. Not if not today, maybe tomorrow, maybe day after tomorrow, maybe in a couple of years. That's how I look at it. Awesome. Uh, so anybody who influenced you majorly in your life? I think it has to be my family because uh, my, you know, I, I was always around them. So my family always influenced me. Uh, you know, every one of our families obviously influences the most. Thing, I think even with respect to business, I've seen a lot of people in my family running businesses. So, but I think there is a lot of learning that I got over time from my mentors and, you know, people who I have, have, you know, had a good relationship with when it came to business. So, yeah, I, I've not looked upon as a role model to someone. I keep learning from everyone. I'm, you know, my biggest role models were in football you know, people like David Beckham and Messi and Ronaldo, those were the people I really looked up to. That's what I think. But no, no name comes to my mind right now because I think I've been influenced by a lot of different people at different phases and stages in my life. You know, I'm usually very impressed by people who take fearless decisions so I am a big fan of uh, revolutionaries and, you know, for example, Karl Marx or you know, the entire idea of capitalism. I was very influenced uh, by that. Uh, a lot of writers, very influenced by them. So just generally, you know, I have a lot of respect for people who go out and take some bold, fearless decisions. 
in retrospect, it seems like they would have done it and they would have won it and they would have. If you really dig down, you realize that they just took, they just just put everything on at stake and went and did it. And that's you know that's something that really motivates me personally. Any happy or funny incident in your business which brings a smile across your face every time you think about it? <laughs> Many of them actually. I can tell you something that happened very recently. Over time, there were many incidents. Yeah, I would say that that made me happy. But very recently, I remember when we were trying to raise capital for Age Coffee, and uh, you know, we 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 were trying, and this was um, about one and a half years back, roughly. And we had some good some good traction, and we were looking to raise capital. And fundraising is a very strenuous path. It is extremely. It sometimes excruciatingly painful for an entrepreneur because they put everything at risk and they have to and then they have to go out and seek in the early days of their business they have to go out and seek approval validation which is very painful because you the, the approval rate is 1% if you look at it so so i think the, when we raised that round the day that that round was finalized i was in chennai and um, you know i i got that email which said which committed uh, you know after this very long 3 4 months that you're trying to raise that capital we got that round we were committed and we had we were then also oversubscribed for that round a couple of days from then so i think those couple of days those 6 7 days were i very fondly remember those days because it's it's validation right do all those painful you know mistakes and those journeys that you've taken they they mean something when there is external validation for you uh, especially in terms of capital because people are ready to believe in you for what you have done with their money which is the biggest thing so mm. i think the, the the time was that time was very interesting because i have we've gone out and raised even more capital after that and right now you know we we get capital from all sorts of places but at the time it it was most it was very special because that's when we needed it the most wow i just want to understand uh, as uh, searching for significance ended or uh, still is the journey on <laughs> <laughs> no the journey is on significance is when rage becomes a global brand right when it becomes when everybody knows it right that's when significance sets in mm-hmm. significance right now is very also i i would say that uh, this the search for significance is not absolute i feel that it is still on and it should be on right it should always be on otherwise it would be it would mean nothing and it would actually be a disservice to what i'm doing okay so now we will have some a rapid fire questions for you oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay so what are three qualities that you admire about yourself hmm resilience passion analytical behavior great okay. So, do you think you have a sense of humor? Less, less, very less compared to people around me. My my sense of humor is mostly it's just a little dark and sarcastic, which not many people appreciate. <laughs> okay, on a scale of ten, how would you rate it? Four. <laughs> ten being the highest and one being the lowest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four. Okay, great. What do you think are your weaknesses? I think weaknesses uh, definitely the the one that I know uh, for sure is a um, uh, lack of patience. So I think uh, it has mostly helped me, but a lot of times it it doesn't help. Also, but now I mean I've significantly improved on that on that front over time. So what is one sentence that you tell yourself always to move ahead and to motivate yourself? One sentence I think uh, keep going. I think that's what I. tell myself uh, this will pass this too shall pass or something like this if there are uh, not the best days mostly mostly it's around trying to it's a phase whatever is going whatever you're going through it's a phase and it will you know if it's good it'll go you, you know it will never remain that way if it's bad that will also never remain that way so uh, that's what i you know keep telling myself so i'm not you know too excited with success never to bogged down by its failure but it's also because i've seen both very closely so i think now i look at it quite pragmatically rather than getting affected by any of those but honestly like 
you know, all of us get affected, but we should try not to. And that's what I keep telling myself. Awesome. So with this, we come to the end of our questioning. If you feel that we have missed out on any question, which uh, would have added value, please go ahead and state it. <laughs> no, it was your interview. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, your, your show. So I had fun. So I hope uh, people actually like it and they're able to, it is valuable for the time that they spend listening to this. And that's what I want. I mean, if anybody can learn anything from this, then, you know, my, my time is well spent. Well, I think definitely it would add a lot of value. We have all listed our takeaways also from this entire session. It was wonderful speaking to you. So thank you for your time. Thank you. for being Thank here. you so much. Thank you. There are a lot of takeaways from this amazing conversation that we have just had. The top three takeaways which I would like to highlight are the first one being know what you want in your life. If you don't know, then give time to yourself and figure it out. Second one is that there is a lot to learn from failed experiments. So do not fear to fail as failures are our biggest teachers. The third one Market research plays a very, very, very important role before you launch a new product or you want to start a new venture. So learn from the market before you just jump in. We would like to hear your biggest takeaway from this beautiful conversation. Go ahead and comment in the Dream 100 show comment box on Instagram. We would love to hear your comments. Never lose out on an opportunity to learn from the life lessons of real-time business owners on Dream 100 Show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dream 100 Show. And now make a smart decision of taking the next step towards your dreams. We strongly believe that life is just a play as we win some, we lose some, we miss some and we mess with some. So enjoy your journey and play to the fullest. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dream 100 show and leave a review. Share your biggest takeaways with us and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. This is Savita and Gunjan signing off. Catch you soon in our next episode. Bye.